Hello, and welcome to another audio version of Burnt Toast. This is a newsletter where we explore questions and some answers about fat phobia, diet culture, parenting, and health. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. I'm a journalist who covers weight stigma and diet culture. I'm the author of The Eating Instinct and the forthcoming Fat Kid Phobia. And today is very exciting. It's a crossover episode with... Longtime listeners will know about our previous podcast, Comfort Food, RIP, that I did with my best friend, Amy Palangian, who is the creator of Yummy Toddler Food. And today, Amy is here with me for a very special episode, um, which is also some of which will appear on her own newsletter. So yay, Amy. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy we're together again. I mean, we're sort of always like spiritually together, but... <laughs> I think it's funny that someone the other day was like, when is the podcast coming back? I was like, what are you talking about? Virginia and I talk all the time. <laughs> but not in public. Not publicly. <laughs> They're not on our text threads. <laughs> um, yeah, we do really miss doing the podcast. It stopped making sense for a variety of reasons related to childcare. And also it's very expensive to run a podcast that doesn't make money. Um, So it wasn't our best business decision ever, but I think, you know, we both like really loved doing it. And so it's fun that we can now sometimes Amy can come join over here on Burnt Toast and we can still have some of that magic. So yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Um, so, okay, today we are, this was Amy's idea that we should do this crossover um, episode because we are both getting questions about Halloween and Halloween candy. This is something that causes great stress for parents every year. And we do have old comfort food podcast episodes I will link to in the transcript if people want like other deep dives on this. But um, yeah, we've got a bunch of your questions about Halloween and candy and we are going to dive in. Do you want to say anything else before we get going? I would like everyone to know that I actually found a bag of our Halloween candy from last year (laughs) as I was (laughs) looking for some candy to take a picture of. And so um, apparently lollipops are not super popular in my house. Oh, that's so funny. Meanwhile, Violet the other day was like, we haven't had lollipops in a very long time. As if (laughs) I had like greatly wronged her. And I was like, okay, tell daddy to put them on the grocery list. And he did. And you know, we will have them. And I'm just thinking the same thing of like the last time I bought lollipops, we had like a box sitting in the pantry for months because, you know, they pick out like the three red ones and then they don't want the rest of the bag. That's what happens in my house. There's a strong, do people like other colors of lollipop? I feel like there's a very strong red bias when it comes to lollipops. It is true. And Um, popsicles too. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's logical. They taste better. (laughs) People... (laughs) have a bias towards them due to them being superior to the other colors like really who likes a yellow lollipop anyway okay we are not here to shame your lollipop preferences everyone knows amy and i strongly believe there are no bad foods although possibly there are some bad lollipops um but what i think where we should start with this is the kind of top line question that comes up over and over is parents think that kids are going to go nuts on Halloween with candy and they want to know, you know, how do I limit or how do I regulate candy consumption for my sugar obsessed kids? Um, and, you know, we got several versions of this question, you know, what are the best low sugar options for toddlers? Like, how do I prevent the sugar tantrum? So, like, we need to start with like, guys, like sugar is not heroin. It's OK. Um, we can we can all take a deep breath. Yeah, I think um, 
I mean, there's also a question like, what's the best time to eat candy? As if like eating candy at 2 p.m. would be like somehow yes. better for, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think we put all of this pressure on like the food itself and we forget like Halloween is super exciting and yes. it only happens once and you're wearing a costume and you get to run down the street making doorbells ring. Like, <laughs> Like it's so novel for kids and they might have a tantrum. Like if you take the candy out of it, they might have a tantrum just because it's new or like their routine is upset. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and I like, we want to control what we can control. And so we immediately go to the candy, but that's, I think that's just, it's, it's sort of an easy scapegoat, but it makes us forget the bigger picture. Right. And it's, it's the birthday phenomenon too of people like, Oh, the cupcakes at the birthday party made them crazy. And it's like, no, the fact that the birthday party was at a trampoline place for two hours is why everyone's crazy. They're overstimulated from being around screamy children bouncing on things. Like this is, you know, there's lots of research that have like very firmly debunked the sugar high phenomenon. And I will link to things that I have written exhaustively on that topic um, for people who need to review or who are, you know, still saying, but wait, really, I think it makes my kid super hyper. It doesn't, it's circumstantial. Um, So yeah. So like step one is really recognizing that candy is going to be a big part of Halloween. It is along with the costumes, the entire point of the day. And the more you can kind of like relax and lean into the joy of that instead of sort of going in with this like, I have to control, I have to limit that mindset is going to make it so stressful because then right off the bat, you're kind of in this power struggle with your kid about what this day can be for them. And that's not a fun way to, to experience any holiday. Yeah. It would be like trying to limit the amount of presents that your kids get on Christmas because you're worried about how they're like, like, it's just not, you can't like, I guess you could ignore the candy part if you just didn't leave your house. Um, but I, I think like this is a temporary situation. Yes. This yes. is not like whatever happens on this day is not an indicator of the health or well-being or emotional state of your child for the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes feel like it is in the moment, or it can sometimes feel like we're bad parents for giving our kids these foods that are like culturally shamed as mm-hmm. being not for kids of this age group, especially with the emphasis on no added sugars for kids under two. And right. Um, right. So there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that I think, especially for parents who have a lot of fears around processed foods, you know, candy is like the sort of ultimate processed food. And this is like the one day of year when, you know, a lot of foods that you may not normally buy are coming onto your child's radar. And so I think it's important to also keep in mind that they may seem especially fixated or obsessed with these foods because this is the first time they're experiencing a Mars bar or a Butterfinger or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, if these are not things that you normally buy. And so one way to think about lessening the obsession on Halloween is like being a little more relaxed throughout the year and having these things have less buildup to them. Like if it's more normal for your child to encounter a Snickers, they're not going to like need to eat 101 sitting. 
I mean, again, Halloween is what it is. Eating a lot of candy is kind of the point, but like you can kind of manage some of, they, they will be more discerning. You know, they will be quicker to say like, I don't need to take a bite out of every single piece because I already know which ones I like and don't like, and I can focus and enjoy my favorites. Yeah. I mean, that, like the, the question about the sugar obsessed kids, I mean, you talk a lot all the time about how like restriction is the thing that causes the obsession, right. not the food right. itself. Exactly. Like, you might be obsessed with any food. Um, but right. specifically when we're trying to limit categories of foods for kids, it very quickly turns into a power situation. Yeah. Which yeah. is understandable. Like they want the thing that we're telling them that they can't have. Right. And it's so like sad and confusing that like this should be a joyful day and they're instead having to navigate these complicated feelings about like, I want this thing that mom or dad doesn't want me to have. And like, am I bad for wanting this? That You know, like right. you're sort of layering right in this whole emotional experience about food being something you have to feel really complicated about. Right. Like we went out as a family and we had so much fun and now I, and I got this bag of stuff together with my parents and now they're taking it away from me. Yes. And I don't quite understand why. Right. And was I bad to want it when you were the one who told me I had to walk up to all these houses and say, thank you. And say trick or treat. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I think we've established like why being really controlling around Halloween candy is not the way to go. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we each both do, like what our approaches are to managing this. Um, and we can also touch on the ever controversial switch, switch. So yeah, <laughs> why don't you talk a little bit about how you approach this? Okay. So up until 2020, we had always gone trick or treating in the dorms at the college where my husband works. And so we, typically had our like big Halloween a few days before it was usually like the week before. Um, and so we would go through the dorms. It was like full of kids giving, like we go to each room and all the kids give out candy and they like dress up and decorate the hallways. And it was really fun. I don't really remember what we did last year. Um, but I remember but so, I'll tell my sad 2020 okay. Halloween story in a minute, but keep going. <laughs> um, so we like bring all of our candy home. We sort through anything that is like too crunchy, like around hard candy, anything that's too chewy for the younger kids and sort of like put it off to the side as things that are just going to be too hard for them to eat. And we talk about safety. We don't talk about like, I'm not like trying to do it on the sly. I'm like very open about. This is um, a choking hazard. Yeah. Right, like we're yeah. just going to put this over here and maybe, maybe one of us will, parents will eat it. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about what things are like a lot of the candies my kids haven't seen. And so I tell them the names. We talk about what they taste like. We sort of do like a taste test and the kids try a bunch of stuff. They spit a lot of stuff out that they don't <laughs> like. And then they like sort of decide what, and like in that process, they're like, oh, if there's a thing that they don't like, they'll like just push all of those off to the side. Mm -hmm. You know, if they know they don't like the thing, they don't want it in their bowl. Right, like, right. Yeah, it's tainting the rest of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like we usually have water or milk. Like we sit at the table and we do it together. And it's a later night than usual. They eat a lot of candy. I try to eat all of the Snickers. <laughs> um, and And it's fun. Like I didn't, I don't know that I did that right away with my oldest because when my oldest was little, I was intensely fearful of sugar. But as I learned more and we talked about things more, I sort of understood that that was not um, helping. And so I sort of embrace it. And then 
I think if I remember correctly, so each kid has a bowl with whatever candy is left after that first night and we put it in the pantry. We don't hide it or take it away. And then we let them pick out a few pieces. I don't remember if it's two. I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll have to like renegotiate or figure this out <laughs> this year. Um, like every day after that, so they can decide if they want it, like with breakfast or with dinner or whatever the case may be. But I do try to have the kids all have it at the same time so that there's not. Oh, that's smart. Sibling, yeah. Like, oh, she's having her thing and it's not fair. And like, mm-hmm. but you already had yours. And so we try to like line them up so that they're happening at the same time. And, and then if we do go trick or treating on actual Halloween, we do the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we take a very similar approach. Um, we're maybe a little less like, <laughs> um, I feel like you have a lot of reverence to your tasting process on the <laughs> Halloween night. And I think we're more like, dump all the candy out of the coffee table and ah, go nuts and like have as much as you want. Um, we kind of revel in the just, you know, enjoying of it. And again, because yeah, my kids um, have had, and you know, like candy's not an off limits food in our house by any means. So like they know some things they really love. They do try some new things and, you know, keep in mind for picky eaters, trying a new candy is still trying a new food and candies have weird textures and flavors. So this can be a great thing if your cautious eater is willing to try some strange looking candy. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, we do all that. They throw out the ones they don't like, or if, you know, my husband or I do want them, we take them, And then, yeah, they go into um, a bowl in our pantry. Um, And yeah, you know, I think the sort of advice that gets circulated a lot is, you know, do a free-for-all on Halloween. We often do a free-for-all on the second day as well. Amy doesn't need to do that as much because she's got like this double trick-or-treating thing. So there's going to be another opportunity. But I do think for some kids, like just the one night can be like not quite enough. Like the next night you might still want to be like, yeah, you're still going through that candy bag and really enjoying it. And that's great. You know, so like you can feel that out. Like, so, you know, like if, especially like when Halloween's on a weekend, I feel like the whole weekend's kind of a candy blur of candy fun and that's great. And then once you're getting back onto routine, like back to school and whatever, then I'll usually say like, oh, when do you want, um, to have, you know, have your candy. And yeah, I think the traditional wisdom is often like one piece a day after that, which feels not enough to me. Like I feel sad with only one mini Snickers. So I'll do like two or three pieces. I don't get hung up on the number because I think if you do that, you're very quickly going to like, you know, like some candies are bigger than others. And like, you know, you could find yourself doing like a lot of weird negotiations of like, well, we said only one, but you're right. The Reese's peanut butter cups are really three or like, why, why make yourself crazy? Just, and I'll just say to them, like, when do you want your candy today? Do you want a few pieces in your lunch? Do you want a few pieces with dinner? Do you want it as your after school snack? And same thing, like ideally siblings agree on the time. So um, it's, but I've also found, especially with my older daughter, as she gets older and, you know, she's eight now and we are, you know, transitioning her to more authority over her feeding experience, her food experience in general, that it's better. Like she manages the candy very effortlessly on her own at this point, because we've kind of always done it this way. So you know, with a younger toddler where you're more, you know, opening wrappers and more of the delivery vehicle of the thing, I think it makes sense to say, like, let's pick our time for candy. 
with my older daughter, I have to notice like there's a few days where she's wanting a piece of candy with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then she's lost interest by the end of the week. And so I think it's important maybe to say like, you don't have to get too hung up on like, what is your rule for managing it? Mm -hmm. Instead, you're thinking like, did I give them enough access and enough time to really enjoy this experience? If you've done that, they will sort of like naturally gradually lose interest in the candy stash over the next couple of weeks because they won't be fixated on it because they don't have a scarcity mindset about it. Or they might be equally interested in having something that tastes delicious to them, but like the emotional response to it is not going to be like hype. Totally. Totally. Um, totally. I was going to say that if you, if you are noticing that your, your kid is throwing tantrums when you're saying like just one piece or there is like, you feel like you're like battling about it or there's a, power thing like I think the counterintuitive answer is to like relax the rules Mm -hmm. um because like your kid is responding to those rules in a way that is showing you that they don't feel like they have any access to that food yes Um, Yes. and that can be a really hard thing for parents to do especially of little kids because I think it often feels like we're giving in or like it's a slippery slope and now they're just going to only eat this Um, but I think you can, like, you can have the candy, like, you know, if you, with my two-year-old, we'll probably have the candy with dinner and he'll eat some of the dinner and he'll eat some of his candy and he'll likely go back and forth. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not like he's only going to eat candy for the rest of his life. Right. Right. Learn that it is a food that we sometimes have more of at this particular time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It is so tricky with that age too, because like they aren't really understanding what Halloween is and, you know, like everything about the experience is so new. So yeah, that is, that is tricky. Um, But yeah, I think that that is a really good way to put it. Like if you're getting pushback over whatever, schedule you've laid out about the Halloween candy, it probably means your schedule is too restrictive in some place. And so look for like, oh, you know, am I getting really hung up? Like, like one piece a day or three pieces a day is kind of arbitrary, like in the grand scheme of their lives. And so if you're getting really hung up on like a power struggle over some detail about it, like step back and like, let them, you know, and you'll see, yeah, like at at the toddler stage, for sure, you're going to be doing more management, but as they get older, you can kind of hand this over more of these choices about how to manage the candy stash over to them so they can decide. And some kids are going to be the kids who are like, really want to savor every little piece and they're going to make it last till March and they're still going to be wanting their piece of candy. And that's yeah. totally fine. Like, yeah. great. You know, if they yeah, love like it the goal much. of this is not to have kids who lose interest. Totally. Like, yeah. The goal of this is to have kids who do not lose their minds when like about it. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Who can like enjoy and revel in Halloween for what it is. And then like, it, you know, enjoy candy as like part of their life, not yeah. an obsession or something to feel anxious about. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, are there any treats you wouldn't let your kid eat? Allerg- anything they're allergic or, to. Yeah. Allergies. Um, anything that would be too hard for a younger kiddo to chew. Yes. I feel like that's probably it. Yeah. I can't think of any reason that I would ban maybe something like this isn't something you get at trick-or-treating, but like if there's like fancy chocolates with coffee in them, maybe I'm concerned about the caffeine. Like what I'm, I'm trying to think like when we even had something with, you know what I mean though? Like, yeah. But even then it's one tiny chocolate. I'd probably be like, have a bite. Let's see what happens. Do you right. sleep tonight? <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's definitely no good that can come from being like, 
we let you have this kind of candy, but not that kind of candy, like, or, you know, nothing with artificial dyes, or, you know, if this is like coming from a place of trying to like, stick to more natural candy options, like, no. Uh, yeah, there was, yeah, someone mentioned like, where can I buy honey sticks? And I was like, please don't give out. Honey oh, sticks. God, <laughs> don't be the house giving out honey sticks. <laughs> um, I mean, if your kid loves them, great, enjoy yeah, them. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, there was a question about like, what to do when little kids want what the older kids have. Yes. yes. And I think like I was saying in my house, so I have a two-year-old and a nine-year-old. And so I think having them eat the things at the same time, even if they're different can be helpful because then the younger kid is not feeling left out. And I think make sure that whatever the younger kid has feels very fun to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to tell you this issue of like, who has what, and is it fair? And is it the same with any food in my house is currently like the biggest source of me wanting to run for the hills. The meals, <laughs> I can't, I'm like, like hers is bigger. She has more milk where I, she has yes. the blue cup. I'm just like, I don't understand. So there may not be a magic solution to this, depending on your children. If this is my house, I am sure that this is going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, even if it's just like, she has the red lollipop and I got second degree one. I mean, I know the, I'd be mad lengths, too. Yeah. The lengths I go to do it assure parody in like lunchbox components, like every, like, yes. And it's like, yeah, I can completely relate to this. Um, the feelings about I, the other day I cut a sandwich perfectly in half. They watched me cut it in half because it was a snack and they, neither of them wanted a full sandwich. Um, so I was cutting it in half and one child immediately said, she got the better half. And I was like, I give up. Like there's no, but it's literally half. They're the same. I don't know how to say she got the better half. I don't even know what criteria you're using. So yeah. Um, I mean, and I would also say, cause what I'm wondering with this question too, is if there's an underlying thing of like, I'm trying to limit the toddler's exposure. Right. So like, unless it's a choking hazard, which of course three and under, you do have to be careful about candy and choking hazards, like certain candies, um, unless it's a choking hazard, like let them have what the older kids are having. Like it's, there's no reason they can't enjoy yeah. the M&Ms and the, you know, I'm now going to say a candy that is a choking hazard and I haven't realized it, but whatever. Um, the, yeah, you know, don't do peanut M&Ms. Right. Fair. But like your regular M&Ms or your, you know, Milky Ways, Reese's peanut butter cups, like all that right. stuff, like they can enjoy it just as much as the big kids can. So, yeah. yeah. Um, next question we've got is what age is appropriate to offer candy for the first time? And I forgot how fraught that feeling is when you have like a one-year-old and you're like, do we do it or do it? like, like, especially a kid who's like, if it's your first child, so they don't have older siblings. This is definitely a question that goes out the window when you have multiple yeah. kids. <laughs> but if it's your first child and they are not old enough to really grasp what Halloween is, but it will be happening around them, like at daycare or whatever, do you bring them into the fold on the candy or do you wait and why and how to think about that? I feel like if it's, if you're going to encounter it in the course of whatever you're doing, then yes. If you're not, like if your kid doesn't go to daycare and you're probably not going to go trick-or-treating and any trick-or-treaters are going to come to your house after that kid goes to bed, like, I guess I wouldn't stress about it. I don't think you need to make like a big deal about like, today we are introducing chocolate. Like, I think you will encounter it in the normal course of life mm-hmm. and that you can 
take it or leave it. But I do think that if the, if the urge is to like, I don't want my kid eating sugar and therefore I'm going to keep them away from this thing because it makes me wildly uncomfortable or I feel like they're then going to not eat any other food. Mm -hmm. I just would maybe sit with that a little bit and think about whether it's true. Like, like what, what is your fear with this? I mean, and I was totally there and I think we skipped it until my oldest, I mean, for sure we did trick or treating when my oldest kiddo was two, because I remember that, um, but I think she, like, she had a really early bedtime when she was one. And I think we just skipped it. Mm-hmm. We like, we didn't go to any Halloween parties. Like we weren't, it wasn't, um, but it's, I think it's really an, a personal choice. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say, um, I was trying to remember, and, you know, of course, uh, my older daughter was not an oral eater when she was one. Um, so I probably would have done backflips if she'd wanted to eat candy <laughs> because uh, that was not where we were in her feeding disorder. Um, so I didn't navigate this in quite the same way as most parents. Um, but what that made me think is that if you have a favorite Halloween candy and it would give you joy to share that with your child, do not feel bad about introducing yeah. your one or two, you know, your young toddler to that candy. Again, choking hazards aside, like, do it. Like, that's really fun. And if, you know, cause let's be honest, like Halloween for one and two year olds is for the parents anyway. Like they don't really care. So you're dressing them up in a cute costume for your own amusement. Like, and because grandma wants to see them in the costume, like it's not really for the kid. Um, so in that point, if it's also fun for you to say like, you know, let's try this favorite candy, then have that, you know, have that fun experience, like enjoy that as part of enjoying Halloween for yourself. And if, you know, you're like me and actually don't enjoy Halloween all that much, like it's fine to be like, great. We don't have to think this is a whole mental load thing. I don't have to deal with in my parenting for another year or two. And that's fine. But yeah, I agree with Amy that like, if it's about, oh great, I can like insulate them from sugar because they don't know yet. Like, "Mm, let's sit with that. Yeah. Um, and related, someone said, if my two and a half year old doesn't really get it, can I just disappear? Some of his candy seems simpler. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. (laughs) It seems simpler to you, but what happens when that kid asks where his candy is? I mean, it is true. They have short memories at that age and they might not remember, but my two and a half year old would for sure remember. (laughs) One and a half, maybe they don't remember. Two and a half. Two and a half. I just, I mean, yeah, I would be, I would be, um, I would be worried that they're like, that the child would just wind up so much more confused. Yes. Agreed. Um, and like have their feelings hurt. Yeah. That you took something. Yep. Yep. I mean, there is this whole thing of like parents eating some of the kids candy like that. (laughs) And like, that seems to be like a different issue than what this is. This question was saying. Yeah. It sounds Um, like this person is saying like, can we just like not have their, like maybe just enjoy it on Halloween and then it's just gone the next morning. Right. And I would be careful with that. I think too, like don't bank on your two and a half year old, really not remembering it. Um, right. So I would start to use the same strategy. This is probably where we should talk about the switch, which I realized we lost track of that yes. earlier, yes. which is the idea that, yeah, you let the kids have it on Halloween night. And then the next day you have them turn in all the candy in exchange for a toy of some sort. And people have all sorts of different 
methodology on this and um like this is a thing that dentists started and you know as a way and I personally hate it both because I don't like that it's like telling kids they have to like give away their candy that they're enjoying and even if that's not what it is like some people are like no no they really get to savor the candy and then they just give me the stuff they don't like and they turn it in for a toy I don't like that because now I gotta go come up with a toy and like why did you just give me more Halloween's already so freaking hard like why so I'm pretty anti-switch switch but you've been a little more open to it I think yeah we've done it as like in our like as we're like trying things if the kids have a bunch of stuff that they don't want we've done it then I mean isn't that just what the garbage can is well I know but then there's all (laughs) all of these things where like you can bring your unwanted candy to the dentist and they'll send it to soldiers. And I'm sort of like, well, that's not nice. Like send them the good stuff. <laughs> like it's just, it's, I feel like all of it just seems um, like it's so I, I have written about the switch, Witch, and you can link to it. Cause I do think yeah. that it is like a, it is a convenient way to get candy out of your house. If you don't want candy in your house, but mm-hmm. the um, reasons that people do it are because they don't want their kids eating sugar right. primarily. Right. And so I think that there is a way to do it that is helping the kids like identify with what they like and don't like. But then again, you're like having to go buy a thing when the mm-hmm. kids already got all of this stuff. Like it is a, an, right. extra, an extra thing to do and it's not necessary. Yeah. Um. So, and also like, the the real switch which involves like buying a doll and there's a book and it's oh my like God. elf on the shelf like Kill it me is now. like a nope. marketing I know I'm like nope. no I'm not spending like forty dollars on like the real switch which <laughs> I mean people can send me all the hate mail they want elf on the shelf does not come to our house and never no, will mine I mean, that is absolutely not and <laughs> I do not have time in my life for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think what we're saying is like, if one of these becomes like a fun Halloween tradition for your family and you love doing switch, Witch, and you're not doing it to ban sugar, you're doing it to also give your child a present. Great. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is not necessary to having a good Halloween. Um, yeah. And for the two and a half year olds, um, I also think like as much as they will really remember it, like, again, if you're normalizing, like the candy is around, they've had access to it. A lot of kids will just sort of lose interest. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to overthink this so much. Like it will sort of peter out. Something else will come along that captures their fancy once Halloween is over. And yeah, this doesn't need to be a big process. Um, Is organic candy any better? Like (laughs) it's, uh no. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna try to come up with like some sort of ex no, it's not. No, it's not. still candy and it's still made of usually the same stuff. And it's fine, and but it's you, more expensive. But I was just about to say if you like to spend more money on things because of a word on their wrapper, then it is better for you. Yes. Um, yeah, like an organic lollipop is gonna be made <laughs> in the same base ingredients as a regular lollipop yeah it will cost you more yeah yeah Yeah. and I kind of can't believe that our goals of sustainable agriculture hinge on the lollipop manufacturing (laughs) like like, I I don't know that you will be making enough of a difference for the planet to 
justify the added cost um, or the sort of limitations you're putting on your kid by telling them they can only have organic candy. So yes, because then they would not be able to eat anything that you get out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That does not seem like a great plan forward um, or not a very sustainable one. So yeah. And then the last question we were going to talk about is how do I limit my consumption as a parent? And yeah, I think this is kind of underpinning a lot of all the other questions, right? Is parents are afraid of sugar and they're afraid of their relationship with sugar. Can I tell you a story that makes me so happy? Like, I feel like this is like, this was a huge deal. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in the grocery store walking by the candy aisle with like the giant bags of things. And I was like, you know what? I really want some peanut M&Ms. And I stood there and I was like, I've never bought peanut M&Ms in that big bag before. I'm going to do it. And I was like, (laughs) very excited. I put them in the fridge because I only like them cold. Yeah, definitely. Every day I would have some whenever I wanted them. My my kids at some point were like, where did you get peanut M&Ms? And I was like, here, I didn't tell anyone. I was like, I'm just... They see them, it's fine, but I was like, I really want it. It was for you, yeah. It was for comfort food, yeah. So I like was had it was like toward the end of the bag, and I was like, I didn't there was like a couple days where I didn't eat them. I was like, this is kind of fascinating because I love peanut MMs and I don't want them. And here they are, and it's not a big deal. And like I have gotten to that point with a lot of foods. But I have not, I mean, we have chocolate and like all sorts of stuff in our house and ice cream and like, I don't really care about any of it, but I had never bought, I don't know. I had just never bought M&Ms outside of like a reason to like making monster cookies or like some (laughs) other thing. Um, And I just was like, it is, I feel like a good exercise. If you are feeling nervous about a certain type of thing, just buy some let yourself have some if you are at a place where that feels like a safe thing to do. Yeah. I know that for some people it might just be like way too much anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, I think really helpful. And like to that end, I started buying potato chips every week and mm-hmm. like sometimes we eat them and sometimes we don't. And I think it can really remind you that like all of these things that we say about feeding kids about, like there are no good and bad foods. Like we can eat a variety. Like it applies to us too. Absolutely. And that we can really put that into practice and then also be modeling that we can eat all of these foods and it's actually not a big deal. And also if you're going to eat peanut M&Ms, like they must be cold. Like <laughs> this is our real takeaway advice for this episode. Do not like, eat. All I want my kids to know is that like don't eat them unless they're cold because it's a waste. <laughs> they don't taste as good. It's true. We have, um, Dan bought like a bag of mixed candy that, um, is up in our pantry and I got out a packet of peanut M&Ms and they almost taste stale if they're not cold. It's yeah. like not a completely different experience. So this is helpful for me because now I'm going to go put them <laughs> in the fridge. Um, so I can enjoy them more. But yeah, I think the answer to this question is you don't need to limit your consumption of candy as a parent. And what I think, this is a, another sneaky way diet culture shows up in Halloween is there's a lot on social media of like, like TikTok videos of like moms, like sneaking in, hiding the in the bin to steal their kids candy and like eat it furtively. And like, I'm sorry, but no, just enjoy eating candy and eat it in front of your children yeah. and on your own later, because children are a lot and you want to be away from them, of course. But like, you know, be part of celebrating candy with your kids. And to that end too, like 
buy the candy you really like and have like I will be buying a large bag of mini Snickers leading into Halloween because sometimes trick-or-treaters don't get enough mini Snickers and I don't want to be sad that I can't have like sometimes houses are not giving out the good candy and you know you want to make sure you're going to have your favorite Halloween candy on hand to enjoy and that you're not actually like dueling your kids for them and like stealing the candy they want to eat. So like, like figure out what you want to enjoy about Halloween candy and go get it and eat a lot of it and enjoy eating it with your kids and also by yourself. Yes. Yeah. And those videos like, really, I remember seeing one last year and I was just like, why are you in the closet? Like, well, because she's in the closet because she doesn't feel like she can publicly eat candy without apologizing for it. I mean, I, I understand why she's in the closet, but, but like, just get out of the closet. Yeah. Stop feeling like you have to eat candy in oh. secret. Don't apologize for eating candy. Eat it in public. Yeah. And also, like, then, like, you're secretly eating candy, but also putting it on TikTok. So right, you're exactly. eating it in public. I, I want the world to know, except <laughs> that not. I, that I secretly eat candy. Like, I want the world to know that I only eat candy in this, like, furtive, sneaky way. And that is not the relationship with candy you want to model for your kids. Like, ideally, your kids do not, like, it's just, that it's not good for you. It's not good for them. So yeah. yes. Um, the moral of today's episode is put your peanut M&Ms in the fridge, <laughs> buy the extra large bag of mini Snickers. So you don't have a sad Halloween where there's not enough mini Snickers. Um, and yeah, and I hope people can trick. Oh, I didn't tell my sad 2020 story. It didn't end up being sad. It was great, but we couldn't trick or treat last year. Our town has a lovely tradition. There's one street where all the houses decorate. It's amazing. And it actually really redeemed Halloween for me because it's not my favorite holiday, but it's such a nice tradition that the whole town comes out in this neighborhood together. But we couldn't do it last year because of COVID. And so we set up trick-or-treating in our house. Like Dan was in one room with a candy and like a black light and a weird mask. And I was in my office, this office with like also masks. And my mom like brought the kids like, you know, and they knocked on the doors And we thought like they would do it once or twice because like, it's just mom and dad wearing masks with bowls of candy. We did it for like an hour and a half. (laughs) They would like go up the stairs, knock on one door, go down the stairs, knock on the other. It's like, so it ended up being really fun. And we did, you know, the good thing about it was that we could really curate our candy and only have the really good stuff. So that was nice. (laughs) But yeah, I am hopeful that this year we will be um, doing a more normal Halloween. We'll see. So. Um, yeah. Any other final Halloween candy thoughts that we haven't covered? I don't think so. I mean, one thing I did realize when all these questions, when we were asking for questions on Instagram is apparently there are a lot of Halloween parties at schools, which I just have never experienced. Hmm. So there's a lot of angst about what to bring to the Halloween party. Um, but I can talk about that more on, in Instagram stories. It's just an interesting phenomenon that I didn't know was so Big. We did used to have food at, with COVID. We're not doing food at kids' Halloween parties. Our school does do like you wear your costumes to school and they have like a little parade around the school kind of thing. Um, but we don't have to send food. One of the things I, I mean, you shouldn't say you like anything about COVID, but I like not having to send food into school because it's one less thing. Like one about. year you made, um, pumpkin clementines. Right. That sounds like something, you know what I did? Cause I was on maternity leave and I was yeah. very bored. Yeah, yeah. That does sound like something I did once and will never do again. <laughs> um, that was for a preschool Halloween party. Yes. We had to send him food. 
Um, and I had missed because of being a new, you know, having a new baby and being in a fog, I had missed signing up for cups and plates, which is all I ever sign up for, for class parties. This is something anyone who knows me should know. I will fight you to get the cups and plates spot on the sign up sheet. <laughs> and I, I didn't get it that time and I had to bring fruit. It was sad. Anyway. Our daycare doesn't celebrate holidays, so it's like kind of a blessing. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It really, yeah. that's something to be very grateful for. All right. Well, that is some advice about candy from people who love candy and are less excited about work related to children's holidays. So you're welcome. Um, as always, if you have questions, you can post them in the comments or email them or find us on Instagram with your questions for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Burnt Toast. If you liked this and you aren't yet a subscriber, please subscribe. It is the best way to support Burnt Toast. If you are a subscriber, thank you so much and consider sharing this on social media or forwarding it to a friend. You can find Amy at Yummy Toddler Food and she is at Yummy Toddler Food on Instagram. And I'm Virginia Soulsmith. You can find me at virginiasoulsmith.com or the underscore Soulsmith on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.